Well, we're going to be starting our new series this morning, our new Christmas series. The name of our series is is His Name Shall Be Called. And uh, over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at some names of Jesus that I think kind of help tell the Christmas story in a little bit of a different way, but, but will help us understand hopefully a little bit more about this season, this time, uh, what Jesus, who Jesus is, and, and what he's come to do for us. The, the, the verse that we're going to be using um, kind of as our, our main verse is Isaiah 9, 6. And in, it's a verse that we all know. It's a verse that we heard a lot during Christmas time, and this is what it says. It says, uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for this time. This is such a, a special time, it's such a special season, because It's a time where we can look back and remember all that you've done for us and all that you're doing. And Father, I pray that you would allow this moment to to begin to to center our hearts on you. That that during this entire month, that it would just be an expression of thanksgiving and of hope and joy, knowing all that you have done. And Father, all that you're going to do for us. So help us as we look at these things. Father, speak through me. Help my words to cease so that yours can begin. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. But before we kind of get into this, before we kind of go through the names that we're going to be looking at this morning, I want to look at basically the first point in your notes, which is what's in a name? Why does this matter? Why should we spend the next four weeks looking at these names of Jesus? Why do these things matter? Why do we understand? Now, now our culture is very different from the culture that was going on back when the Bible was written, especially in the Old Testament. Names meant something different back then. Now, today, if you're going to have a child, you know, you sometimes will spend months trying to figure out what you're going to name this child. And and are you going to name him after maybe your father or your mother? or your grandfather or whatever, and you begin to put all these names together. One of the things that I've noticed um, recently is, is, you know, when I grew up, you know, you had a, a first name and a middle name and a last name, and that was pretty much it. And it seems like today some of the names that we're getting is, is you're getting a first name, two or three middle names, and then a last name. You know, they're really trying to make sure everybody is included. But really, we pick these names based on Basically names that we like or names of people that we know, we want to honor them and so on and so forth. But back during this time, that was a little bit different. What was in a name meant something a little bit different. And this is what we need to look at together because this is something that we need to remember as we go through this entire series. And it's this, and it's the idea isn't that these names will be the literal names of the Messiah. We don't, we don't call, we don't say, hey, you know, I'm worshiping the wonderful counselor today or, or whatever. We, we use the name Jesus and things like that, but these are the understanding that instead these are aspects of his character. They describe who he is and what he has come to do, okay? Who he is and what he's come to do. These names that Isaiah gives us about Jesus, about our Messiah, these are names about who he is as as Jesus and what he's going to do. So we need to understand that, that these names are powerful, they are important, they're describing the character and the person of Jesus. 
So we need to know that. And as I was putting these notes together uh, last week, you know, as I was putting uh, the message together, I was thinking about this and thinking about all these things. And and God kind of spoke to my heart and kind of challenged me on something. And I want to challenge you as we kind of get into this. He asked me kind of this question. He basically said, Aaron, if it was like that today and your name was going to be given, what would people name you? I want you to think about that for a second. Remember, the names that we're talking about, these are names about who you are, your attributes, and the things you do. What if somebody named you today? What if your husband or your wife named you? What kind of name would they give you? What about your kids? What kind of name would your kids give you? What kind of name would your coworkers give you? Or your boss, or maybe your employees, your teacher? What name would they give you? And it really challenged me to go, man, I really need to make sure that the things that I'm doing, the things that I, 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 I spend my time with, the things that, that how my attitude is, that those things matter a lot. So what we're going to be doing is looking at that and understanding that. But we see that from the very beginning. Let's look at Matthew 1. In Matthew 1, we see an interesting portion of Scripture. It's a part of the Christmas story that sometimes we look at. Now, I know a lot of times we go look into Luke, which is great, but Matthew also records the birth of Jesus. And this is when the angel appears to Joseph in his dream, and he basically tells this to him in verse number 21. It says, She, meaning Mary, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, we read that and we go, oh, yes, that's a great thing. You know, basically, Jesus is specifically named, you are to name him this because of what he will do. But you need to understand, Jesus actually means that. If you look back, Jesus is the Greek form of Joshua, which means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. That's what Jesus names me. You know, God didn't sit up in heaven and go, you know, we're going to come up with a name for my son when he's born. What should we do? What sounds good? How does this all work? No, this is describing what Jesus is going to do. The reason why he came. The angels are very specific here. You are to name him Jesus. When you think about Jesus, there should be a reminder. Yes, he's love, and yes, he's hope, and yes, he's all these peace and joy, all these wonderful things. And we should remember those things. But sometimes it's good to remember that his name literally means Savior. It means one that comes to save. That's what Jesus came to do. That's what we need to understand. So even at the very beginning, even at the point where Jesus hasn't been born yet, but we're being told about these things, they're saying, hey, man, there is something important about a name. So for the next four weeks, we're going to look at these names of Jesus that Isaiah gives to us, and we're going to look at them to see a little bit deeper of who Jesus is, what he's wanting us to understand about this season, and about him, and about this time. So let's look at the first one that we see here. He says, his name shall be called Wonderful. 
Wonderful. Now, I know that usually we got a bunch wonderful in counsel. We're going to get counselor in a minute, but we're going to first start with this idea of wonderful. Now, when we think of the word wonderful, it's a little different than what we understated back in the original Hebrew that Isaiah wrote it in. Now, we think of wonderful as being positive and being good. Hopefully, you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hopefully, the turkey was wonderful. Hopefully, you had a wonderful time and all those things. But here, what we really see is the idea that This word wonderful in this passage literally means incomprehensible. It's more than just a pleasant thing. It's more than just a nice thing. It is literally sitting there dumbstruck at the wonderfulness of God. It's a massive thing. It's greater than probably anything you ever understood before. Listen, I know we hear this verse. You go to Hobby Lobby and you see this verse plastered all over a whole bunch of Christmassy stuff starting in July. So we see this before. We could, we can, we, most of us memorize this, especially the, 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 the names of Jesus. But here this idea of wonderful is greater than probably we ever imagined. And I want to dive into this just for a minute so that we can understand a little bit more about the amazingness of Jesus. We're going to look at Judges 13. In Judges 13, we see a very interesting story. Now, um, this is the story where the angel of the Lord that we believe to be Jesus for a number of reasons that we're not going to get into right now based on time. But we believe that Jesus here is appearing to Samson's mother and his father. He is is telling them about the birth of Samson, okay? So this is a big event. It's a big deal. And basically, this is his father, this is Manoah. Uh, This is is his father, Samson's father. So he's been told that that they're going to have a son and that this son is going to save his people. And they go through the the Nazareth vow about not cutting his hair and doing some certain things that are important. And so basically, this is all happening. And this is being expressed to them. They're learning about it. And this is what he says. He says, then Manoah asked the angel of the Lord. What is your name? For when all this comes true, we want to honor you. Now, this is what he says. Why do you ask my name? Isn't it interesting that as human beings, whether it be Moses or in this situation, we want to know God's name. Now, why is that so important? They weren't asking it because, like, we'll, we'll do that. You know, it's like, so uh, your kid, what's your kid's name? We're asking that so that we know the child's name, so we know how to res- you know, call him by name. Here, they're wanting, again, their mindset is this is an attribute. This is going to tell me who you are and what you're going to do. So this is a deeper question than just a simple what's your name kind of a thing. So he says... Jesus responds, why do you ask my name? The angel of the Lord replied. And this is what he says. It is too wonderful for you to understand. This word wonderful that we see in Judges is the same word that Isaiah uses in Isaiah 9. It's an understanding that this is greater than anything you've ever experienced. It is incomprehensible. It is more and greater than anything you could dream up, think, or believe. It is huge. Now, I, now think about that for a second. When was the last time when you thought about Jesus and the word incomprehensible came to mind? I would say for most of us, myself included, that doesn't happen very often. If I said, can you describe Jesus to me? You would come up with lots of great things that are exactly true. But God is so much bigger and greater than we can even understand. It's incomprehensible. 
That's how wonderful he is. That's how much we should stand in awe of him. We don't do that very often. Let's just be honest. We like to put Jesus in our little box because he's controllable there. He's understandable there. But you know, when you really stop to think about all that God has done to win us back, when you think about the fact that we were the ones that ran away and God made a way where there is no way, sometimes that's hard to wrap our head around. When we really understand who we are and who God is, it's sometimes hard to see that. Let's look at Psalms 40. In Psalms 40, verse number 5, this is what it says. It says, Oh Lord my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to an end of them. What a beautiful song. What a beautiful understanding to sit there and think, God, if, if I could sit here from now until I, I pass away, I could never run out of things to say about all that you've done and the wonder of all the things you've done. The, the deeds that you... He literally says, it would never come to an end. I had one, a person one time when I was growing up, he'd say, Aaron, the reason why eternity is going to be forever and ever and ever and ever is because we're going to need that long to express how awesome God really is. That's awesome. That's incomprehensible. That is huge. We understand how awesome that is. Let's look at 1 Samuel 12. In 1 Samuel 12, 24, this is what it says. Be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he has done for you. This is where Samuel is, is kind of his farewell address. And he kind of it, it puts these two things together. Sometimes, you know what? It's, it's, it's hard to do the fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. It is. It's difficult for us. It's, it's, we want to do our own thing and, and our own way and our own time. But you know how, it, you know, Samuel here gives us a clue on how we can do that more effectively. And he says, to do that, think of all the wonderful things he's done for you. Can we do something? Just for about 30 seconds. I got, I got my watch. Second hand is clicking away. Because I think it's important um, that we do this. Because I think sometimes we can, we can go, oh, oh, yes, I know of all the wonderful things God has done. I, wonderful one. But, but we don't meditate on it like we should. We don't allow it to, to be something that we really allow to, us to think about. We, we begin to think about other things. And, and so for just 30 seconds... For 30 seconds. I know it's not going to be easy because our minds want to wander and we want to think about what we're going to have at Jason's Deli and I get all that, okay? But for this for 30 seconds, let's think of the wonderful things God has done for us. Because really, if we go back to Psalms, they are too numerous to name. But for 30 seconds, let's think about them and let's thank God for them, okay? 30 seconds.
awesome. So the first name we really see here is wonderful. All that Jesus has done. We're, we're going to celebrate here throughout this month. And obviously, um, you know, on Christmas Eve when we join together and, and Christmas, we're, we're going to think about what Jesus has done. But I, 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 one of the things that always has been somewhat, as much as I've tried to figure it out, been somewhat incomprehensible to me is the idea that the God who spoke the world into existence literally said things and things happened, humbled himself to be born as a helpless baby. That, that's amazing. And that he did that knowing what the end goal was. Knowing that he was coming to give himself as a ransom for us. This season, this time, don't forget that Jesus is wonderful. And not just, oh, he's nice, and oh, he gives me little goosebumps, and oh, he's so special. No, no, he is beyond comprehension. In his awesomeness, and his grace, mercy, and love. The next one that we're going to look at today is his name shall be called Counselor. His name shall be called Counselor. Someone that comes, that helps, that, that, that looks at all these things. And look, we need to understand something. And, and, and it's something that I feel, and I've talked about it before, and I think it's important because I'm, I'm seeing it more and more and more. Uh, not, you know, a lot of times we talk about the world and the things they're doing, but I'm seeing it more and more and more in the church. And I think it's something we need to understand. Jesus is our counselor, okay? He can use and does use other people to be a part of that. Books and, 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 and messages that maybe a pastor will share or, or a friend or, or a spouse or, or whatever. Those are important. And, but, but we've got to understand our counselor is Jesus. We go to Jesus First. He has the answers. He knows what to do. He knows those things. Now, those other people that we go to, that's great, guys. I'm not saying we shouldn't. We should. The Bible talks about, you know, that we should seek out those people at times. And that's important that we do that. But we start with Jesus. He's our wonderful counselor. He is the one that we can turn to. And so we need to kind of look at this as we finish this portion up. Is, is what type of counsel does Jesus give us? If he's such a great counselor, if he's such a wonderful, incomprehensible counselor, what type of counseling does he give us? And these are in your notes. The first one is he gives us qualified counsel. He gives us qualified counsel. Look at Hebrews 4.15. It says this, This high priest, speaking of Jesus of ours, understands our weakness, for he faced all of the same testing that we do, yet he did not sin. He's qualified, guys. There's nothing worse than basically saying, you, know, you should not come to me and ask my help to cook you something. Okay, we just had a great last week. There was uh, that was a special service. I loved it. I can't wait to to find another way to do that again. Even the translation stuff was a little difficult, but it worked, and it was great, and it was just beautiful to be together with the Chinese church and and worship, and then to share food. But you know what? You, some of you guys brought some amazing dishes. I was not one of those people. Okay. 
I, I, my wife brought some amazing things. I just came and enjoyed your stuff. You shouldn't, I'm not qualified to help you cook something, okay? We can go to Jesus because he's qualified to help us. He's a qualified counselor. He knows he's been there. I love that the scripture says he understands, He understands because he experienced it. Next, he's wise. Isaiah 28, he's wise. This also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom. Jesus knows. He's wise. He's not just knowledgeable. He's wise. And if you don't know, there's a big difference between wisdom and knowledge. Okay? That's why we use that's why I use the word here wise. Okay? Next, he's needed. He's a needed counselor. Look at Proverbs 16:25. There is a way that seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but at the end of it is the way of death. Listen to me. Hear me on this. Listen, if you think you got it all figured out, and if you think you got all of it put together, listen, I I love you, but hear my heart on this. You're deceived. You're deceived. We need Jesus. There is an understanding that we were, listen, we were created this way to need him. Now listen, you may say, well, I'm doing pretty good in this area. Okay, great. Yeah, you may be doing, I hope you're doing better in areas, but that's not what I said. I'm saying you think you got it all figured out. Listen, that's a dangerous place to be. We need him. And it's good that we need him. That's not a sign of weakness. Honestly, guys, that's a sign of maturity. To understand that we need Jesus. That that there are times that that things seem right to us. But in the end, they're going to end in death. So we need him. Next, he's a helpful counselor. Look at Proverbs 3, 6. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths, your stra- make straight your paths. It's this concept that Jesus knows what he's doing. He's going to help us. If we'll do our part, if we'll acknowledge him, know that we need him, know that he's a good counselor, know that he's got us and he loves us, if we'll do all those things, he will make our paths straight. He's helpful. He gets us where we need to be in the ways that we need to be there if we'll let him. Next, and I like this one, he's a personal counselor. He's a personal counselor. Look at Psalms 139. We know this. Most of us know Psalms 139, and this is what it says. Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. I love that Jesus is personal in his counseling. You know, he doesn't look at the group and basically say, okay, well, here's what's best for the group, or here's how I see this situation. He looks at us as individuals. He knows what you're thinking. He knows when you get up and get down. And for some of us, that that can be kind of like, oh, my goodness, I don't know if I like that. But listen, this is a good thing. This is God showing his personal love for you that he's got us, and that when he counsels us, when we go to him for this help, he has a plan that is tailor-made for you and for me. Next, he's available. There's nothing worse than a counselor that you can't get a hold of. There's nothing worse than a counselor that you, 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 you have all these things and you want to share and you want to let them help you, but he's not available. But Jesus is available. It says this, if you need wisdom, 
Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. If you need it, he'll give it. He's available to do that. He's available to be a part of it. And the final one is he's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. Look at Psalms 9 and verse 10. It says this. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. And Isaiah 26, 3 through 4. This is what it says. You will keep in perfect peace... Those, who minds, those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. He's trustworthy. We know that he's got our best interests at heart. He's got a plan for us that is, that is good and, and true and needed and wise. And, and we can go to him and we can say, you know what? Jesus, I, I need help. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. You know, there, there, there is something that is really freeing about acknowledging our need of a counselor. Of acknowledging our need of a Savior. Remember, all the way back to the beginning, we, we looked here at the name of Jesus. Jesus means Savior. means the Lord saves. Listen, we will have a very, very hard time accepting Jesus and accepting who he is if we won't first understand what his name means. We have to be able to come to him knowing that we need to be saved. That we need a Savior. That we need a wonderful counselor. Jesus came for many, many reasons, but one of the reasons he came was so that he could come in these moments and he could be a part of making things right, not just in the world, but in us personally. Christmas can be such a hard time for so many people because it's a time where we can be very aware of our, our, our lacking or our need of a Savior. We can become very self-aware with other things and so we try to fill our heart with things that, that, that don't seem so bad, but they keep us away from the, the counselor that we really need. Jesus came during this time to be that wonderful counselor for you and for me. To be that savior that we desperately needed and still need today. It's his name. It's who he is. If the worship team wants to come on up, we're going to close. It's so awesome when you start to think about these things. And look, I know this time of year, you know, for some of us, Christmas is, is just another season. It's another time. It's another, you know, it's, 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 for some of us, it's just another thing to get through. I, I get all that. I understand all that. For some of us, Christmas is hard because, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, for some of us, maybe we've, we've lost uh, people and They've gone to be with the Lord, and, and, and so Christmas time is kind of a difficult time because we miss them and all these sort of things. And what's awesome in, 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 in about this is whatever you need, whatever, wherever you're at, whether it's during this season or any time of year, Jesus is a wonderful counselor. 
that wants to be there for you, that wants to, to help you and guide you and walk with you. I love that. I love that this Christmas season, we celebrate the coming of Jesus. We celebrate the advent of Jesus coming, his coming. And, and you know what's awesome about Jesus? Jesus is still coming today. He's still coming today. And I'm not talking about the second advent that we're all looking forward to. I'm talking about spiritually speaking, he is here and he is coming today to be that wonderful counselor that you might need. I don't know about you, but sometimes around the holidays, we can, we can begin to see some, some things that are not easy for us to look at. Sometimes in people that we love, sometimes, and should be, of course, we should start with us and look at those things. And, and I want to remind you that, that, that when you accepted Jesus, Jesus didn't snap his fingers and make you perfect. Yes, you're forgiven. And we are forgiven. But we're still messing up. We're being reconciled to God. We're being put back together. There's a restoration that's taking place. And there are times where we do things and say things that aren't very Christ-like and sometimes are in flat-out rebellion to what God's asked us to be and do. We still need Him. And just like he came thousands of years ago to start the process of winning us back, giving us that forgiveness that we needed, he still is here wanting to continue that process in us, that refining process to make us more and more and more like him. At the beginning of this, I asked a question. I said, if if people were to name you today, what would they name you? And I'll be honest, as I looked at my life, some of the names that I thought they would use would not be that complimentary. Now, I hope there were at least a few good ones, but there were some that I wouldn't have been very proud of. I wouldn't want to have been introduced to people by, hey, this is is Aaron, or this is, you know, cranky, you know, whatever. You know, this is, this is, makes a big deal out of little things that don't matter. You know, I, I, I don't, you know, whatever, I, I wouldn't want that. But what's so awesome about our wonderful counselor is he wants to change us. It's not that he doesn't love us. He loves us exactly where we're at. But he wants us to be more like him. And he wants to counsel us to help that happen. He's still here. He's still coming. And he still wants to change us and make all things new. So let's do this. We're going to, John and the team is going to come. They're going to load us in a closing chorus in just a moment. But let's take this moment. And let's just do a little inventory. I mean, here we are. It's first Sunday in December, we, Christmas is, is right on our doorstep, and, and, and there's going to be a lot that's, there already is things that have started, and it's only going to pick up here, okay? 
we're going to have parties and, and lights and all. I mean, and all those things are great, fine and dandy in their place. But let's start December with understanding that we need a wonderful counselor. That we need to go to Jesus first. He knows. He is the only one qualified to guide us in this life. Because he lived it. He understands. And we can go to him. So no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what issues we're having, maybe in our marriage or with our kids or in our job or, or whatever issue that we're dealing with, our Jesus is a qualified counselor and we can go to him and he can guide us and give us wisdom and direction. This is an awesome, awesome thing, guys, that sometimes, let's just be honest, we don't take advantage of very often. And we need to. We need to. So this season, let's do that. Let's remember that. And let's let Jesus be that wonderful counselor. Father, we love you and we thank you for this time. We thank you for this moment. We thank you that Jesus, you came and you were born and you died and you rose again. But but now, now you're that wonderful counselor for us. We can go to you with our needs and, and our situations and our circumstances. And we can know that you can give us the answers that we need. Yes, God, sometimes you use others. Sometimes you'll use books or, or, or situations, and those are fine. You, you are the great counselor. You know what you can use and when you can use it. But God, we go to you first. We go to you because you understand everything we're going through and everything that's coming, and, 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 and you love us so much, and you have a plan. So Jesus, I don't know what we're facing, but I know that we're facing stuff. And Jesus, I pray that each and every one of us would understand that yes, you came. And you came to save us. But that you're also a wonderful counselor so that we can run to you and you can help us in all these things. We love you.